Chapter Nineteen of A Daughter of the Snows by Jack London. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Don W. Jenkins. Chapter Nineteen. How Ha was only an Indian woman, bred of a long line of fish-eating, meat-rending carnivores, and her ethics were as crude and simple as her blood but long contact with the whites had given her an insight into their way of looking at things and though she grunted contemptuously in her secret soul she none the less understood their way perfectly ten years previous she had cooked for jacob wells and served him in one fashion or another ever since and when on a dreary january morning she opened the front door in response to the deep-tongued knocker even her stolid presence was shaken as she recognized the visitor not that the average man or woman would have so recognized but how ha's faculties of observing and remembering details had been developed in a hard school where death dealt his blow to the lax and life saluted the vigilant how ha looked up and down the woman who stood before her through the heavy veil she could barely distinguish the flash of the eyes while the hood of the parka effectually concealed the hair and the parka proper the particular outlines of the body but how ha paused and looked again there was something familiar in the vague general outline she quested back to the shrouded head again and knew the unmistakable poise then how ha's eyes went blear as she traversed the simple windings of her own brain inspecting the bare shelves taciturnly stored with the impressions of a meagre life no disorder no confused mingling of records no devious and interminable impress of complex emotions tangled theories and bewildering abstractions nothing but simple facts neatly classified and conveniently collated unerringly from the stores of the past she picked and chose and put together in the instant present till obscurity dropped from the woman before her and she knew her word and deed and look and history much better you go away quickety-quick how ha informed her miss wells i wish to see her the strange woman spoke in firm even tones which betokened the will behind but which failed to move how ha much better you go she repeated stolidly here take this to frona wells and ah would you thrusting her knee between the door and jam leave the door open how ha scowled but took the note for she could not shake off the grip of ten years of servitude to the superior race may i see you lucille so the note ran frona glanced up expectantly at the indian woman i'm kick toes outside how ha explained me tell em go away quickity quick eh you tink yes i'm no good um no take her frona was thinking quickly no bring her up here much better go how ha grunted and yielded up the obedience she could not withhold though as she went down the stairs to the door in a tenebrous glimmering way she wondered that the accident of white skin or swart made master or servant as the case might be in the one sweep of vision lucile took in frona smiling with extended hand in the foreground the dainty dressing-table the simple finery the thousand girlish evidences and with the sweet wholesomeness of it pervading her nostrils her own girlhood rose up and smote her then she turned a bleak eye and cold ear on outward things i am glad you came frona was saying i have so wanted to see you again and-but do get that heavy parka off please how thick it is and what splendid fur and workmanship yes from siberia 
a present from st vincent lucile felt like adding but said instead the siberians have not yet learned to scamp their work you know she sank down into the low-seated rocker with a native grace which could not escape the beauty-loving eye of the girl and with proud poised head and silent tongue listened to frona as the minutes ticked away and observed with impersonal amusement frona's painful toil at making conversation what has she come for frona asked herself as she talked on furs and weather and indifferent things if you do not say something lucile i shall get nervous soon she ventured at last in desperation has anything happened lucile went over to the mirror and picked up among the trinkets beneath a tiny open-work miniature of frona this is you how old were you sixteen a sylph but a cold northern one the blood warms late with us frona reproved but is none the less warm for that lucile laughed and how old are you now twenty twenty lucile repeated slowly twenty and resumed her seat you are twenty and i am twenty-four so little difference as that but our blood warms early lucile voiced her reproach across the unfathomable gulf which four years could not plumb frona could hardly hide her vexation lucile went over and looked at the miniature again and returned what do you think of love she asked abruptly her face softening unheralded into a smile love the girl quavered yes love what do you know about it what do you think of it a flood of definitions glowing and rosy sped to her tongue but frona swept them aside and answered love is immolation very good sacrifice and now does it pay yes it pays of course it pays who can doubt it lucile's eyes twinkled amusedly why do you smile frona asked look at me frona lucile stood up and her face blazed i am twenty-four not altogether a fright not altogether a dunce i have a heart i have good red blood and warm i have loved i do not remember the pay i know only that i have paid and in the paying were paid frona took up warmly the price was the reward if love be fallible yet you have loved you have done you have served what more would you the whelpage love lucile sneered oh you are unfair i do you justice lucile insisted firmly you would tell me that you know that you have gone unveiled and seen clear-eyed that without placing more than lips to the brim you have divined the taste of the dregs and that the taste is good bah the whelpage love and oh frona i know you are full womanly and broad and lend no ear to little things but she tapped a slender finger to forehead it is all here it is a heady brew and you have smelled the fumes overmuch but drain the dregs turn down the glass and say that it is good no god forbid she cried passionately there are good loves you should find no masquerade but one fair and shining frona was up to her old trick their common one and her hand slid down lucile's arm till hand clasped in hand you say things which i feel are wrong yet may not answer i can but how dare i i dare not put mere thoughts against your facts i who have lived so little cannot in theory give the lie to you who have lived so much for he that lives more lives than one more lives than one must die from out of her pain lucile spoke the words of her pain and frona throwing arms about her sobbed on her breast in understanding 
as for lucile the slight nervous ingathering of the brows above her eyes smoothed out and she pressed the kiss of motherhood lightly and secretly on the other's hair for a space then the brows ingathered the lips drew firm and she put frona from her you are going to marry gregory st vincent frona was startled it was only a fortnight old and not a word had been breathed how do you know you have answered lucile watched frona's open face and the bold running advertisement and felt as the skilled fencer who fronts a tyro weak of wrist each opening naked to his hand how do i know she laughed harshly when a man leaves one's arms suddenly lips wet with last kisses and mouth a reek with last lies and and forgets the way back to those arms so the blood of the wells pounded up and like a hot sun dried the mists from her eyes and left them flashing and that is why you came i could have guessed it had i given second thought to dawson's gossip it is not too late lucile's lip curled and it is your way am i mindful what is it do you intend telling me what he has done and what he has been to you let me say that it is useless he is a man and you and i are women no lucile lied swallowing her astonishment i had not thought that any action of his would affect you i knew you were too great for that but have you considered me frona caught her breath for a moment then she straightened out her arms to hold the man in challenge to the arms of lucile your father over again lucile exclaimed oh you impossible wellses but he is not worthy of you frona wells she continued of me yes he is not a nice man a great man nor a good his love cannot match with yours bah he does not possess love passion of one sort and another is the best he may lay claim to that you do not want it is all at the best he can give you and you pray what may you give him yourself a prodigious waste but your father's yellow don't go on or i shall refuse to listen it is wrong of you so frona made her cease and then with bold inconsistency and what may the woman lucile give him some few wild moments was the prompt response a burning burst of happiness and the regrets of hell which latter he deserves as do i so the imbalance is maintained and all is well but but for there is a devil in him she held on a most alluring devil which delights me on my soul it does and which pray god frona you may never know for you have no devil mine matches his and mates i am free to confess that the whole thing is only an attraction there is nothing permanent about him nor about me and there's the beauty the balance is preserved frona lay back in her chair and lazily regarded her visitor lucile waited for her to speak it was very quiet well lucile at last demanded in a low curious tone at the same time rising to slip into her parka nothing i was only waiting i am done then let me say that i do not understand you frona summed up coldly i cannot somehow just catch your motive there is a flat ring to what you have said however of this i am sure for some unaccountable reason you have been untrue to yourself to-day do not ask me for as i said before i do not know where or how yet i am none the less convinced this i do know you are not the lucile i met by the wood trail across the river that was the true lucile little though i saw of her the woman who is here to-day is a strange woman i do not know her sometimes it has seemed she was lucile but rarely this woman has lied lied to me and lied to me about herself as to what she said of the man at the worst that is merely an opinion 
it may be she has lied about him likewise the chance is large that she has what do you think about it that you are a very clever girl frona that you speak sometimes more truly than you know and that at others you are blinder than you dream there is something i could love in you but you have hidden it away so that i cannot find it lucille's lips trembled on the verge of speech but she settled her parka about her and turned to go frona saw her to the door herself and Hauha pondered over the white who made the law and was greater than the law when the door had closed lucille spat into the street bah st vincent i have defiled my mouth with your name and she spat again come in at the summons matt mccarthy pulled the latch-string pushed the door open and closed it carefully behind him oh it is you st vincent regarded his visitor with dark abstraction then recollecting himself held out his hand why hello matt old man my mind was a thousand miles away when you entered take a stool and make yourself comfortable there's the tobacco by your hand take a try at it and give us your verdict and well may his mind be a thousand miles away matt assured himself for in the dark he had passed a woman on the trail who looked suspiciously like lucille but aloud sure and it's daydreaming you mane and small wonder how's that the correspondent asked cheerily by the same token that i met lucille down the trail a piece and the heels of her moccasins pointing to your shack it's a bitter tongue the jade slings on occasion matt chuckled that's the worst of it st vincent met him frankly a man looks sidewise at them for a passing moment and they demand that the moment be eternal off with the old love's a stiff proposition eh i should say so and you understand it's easy to see matt you've had some experience in your time in me time i'll have you know i'm not too old to still enjoy a bit of a fling certainly certainly one can read it in your eyes the warm heart and the roving eye matt he slapped his visitor on the shoulder with a hearty laugh and i've none the best of ye vincent tis a wicked lad ye are with a taken away with the ladies as plain as the nose on your face manny's the idle kiss ye've given and manny's the heart ye broke but vincent why did ye ever know the rail thing how do you mean the rail thing the rail thing that is well have ye been ever a father st vincent shook his head and never have i but have ye felt the love of a father then i hardly know i don't think so well i have and it's the rail thing i'll tell you if ever a man suckled a child i did or the next door to it a girl child at that and she's woman grown now and if the thing is possible i love her more than her own blood father bad luck except in her there was never but one woman i loved and that woman had made it before time not a soul did i breathe a word to trust me nor even herself but she died god's love be with her his chin went down upon his chest and he quested back to a flaxen-haired saxon woman strayed like a bit of sunshine into the log store by the dyea river he looked up suddenly and caught st vincent's stare bent blankly to the floor as he mused on other things a truce to foolishness vincent the correspondent returned to himself with an effort and found the irishman's small blue eyes boring into him are ye a brave man vincent for a second space they searched each other's souls and in that space matt could have sworn he saw the faintest possible flicker or flutter in the man's eyes he brought his fist down on the table with a triumphant crash by god you're not 
the correspondent pulled the tobacco jug over to him and rolled a cigarette he rolled it carefully the delicate rice paper crisping in his hand without a tremor but all the while a red tide mounting up from beneath the collar of his shirt deepening in the hollows of the cheeks and thinning against the cheekbones above creeping spreading till all his face was aflame tis good and likely it saves me fingers a dirty daub vincent man the girl child which is woman grown sleeps in dawson this night god help us you and me but we'll never hit again the pillow as clean and pure as she vincent a word to the wise you'll never lay holy hand or otherwise upon her the devil which lucile had proclaimed began to quicken a fuming fretting irrational devil i do not like ye i keep me raisins to myself it is sufficient but take this to heart and take it well should ye be mad enough to make her your wife if that damned day ye'll never see the ending nor lay i upon the bridal bed why man i could bait ye to death with me two fists if need be but it's to be hoped i'll do a nater job rest aisy i promise ye you irish pig so the devil burst forth and all unaware for mccarthy found himself eye-high with the muzzle of a colt's revolver is it loaded he asked i believe ye but why are ye lingering lift the hammer will ye the correspondent's trigger finger moved and there was a warning click now pull it pull it i say as though ye could with that flutter to your eye st vincent attempted to turn his head aside look at me man mccarthy commanded keep your eyes on me when ye do it unwillingly the sideward movement was arrested and his eyes returned and met the irishman's now st vincent ground his teeth and pulled the trigger at least he thought he did as men think they do things in dreams he willed the deed flashed the order forth but the flutter of his soul stopped it tis paralyzed is it that shaky little finger matt grinned into the face of the tortured man now turn it aside so and drop it gently 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 his voice crooned away in soothing diminuendo when the trigger was safely down st vincent let the revolver fall from his hand and with a slight audible sigh sank nervelessly upon a stool he tried to straighten himself but instead dropped down upon the table and buried his face in his palsied hands matt drew on his mittens looking down upon him pityingly the while and went out closing the door softly behind him end of chapter nineteen read by don w jenkins rancho san diego california shaggybark.blogspot.com